Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Road Less Traveled. Jeff Rediger here, co-host Mark Fricks. Today, we're going to talk about what color is your money. So, uh, Mark, welcome back. Thank you, Jeff. All right. So we finished the chapter on what the heck just happened. And if for those of you that uh, haven't picked up that previous episode, entertaining and enlightening on your financial journey. So go check that out. And today we're going to talk about the color of money. And uh, before we started, Mark and I were discussing that uh, we thought, at least in the United States, it was all green, some form of green. And that's not the case, is it? No, it's, it's not. I'm, uh, you know, of course, we, we look at it and say, yeah, money's green. But um, and some money is green, by the way, from the standpoint of what I'm talking about, but not all of it. So uh, we're going to talk about what color is your money now and what color should it be? So you have um, in your planning strategies, you break it down. So let's get into that. And, and when you're dealing with federal employees as they're approaching retirement, um, you have different buckets. And then you color code um, the way they should be handling their assets and their money at retirement. So can exactly. you get into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So let's start off. And, and we try to keep it simple. I mean, our clients, I mean, we'll go as deep as, as they want to. But most clients just want to know, you know, where's my money? What's it doing? And how am I going to use it? I mean, that's, that's really the three things they want to know. So so the simple way that we look at it is is we divide all money into three categories. And the first category is yellow money. Okay. And so uh, if you're taking notes, yellow money is uh, cash. Uh, it could be in the bank. It could be uh, in a CD. It could be in a money market. It could be in your mattress. Uh, but yellow money is cash. And the reason we color that yellow is because you have to be cautious with yellow money or cash because it can feel kind of comfortable having the safety of a bank or, or whatever, because, you know, you can always get to it. It's liquid. It's uh, protected. But uh, you lose money every day that it's in the bank, right? I mean, a bank's paying 0.1 and inflation's um, real inflation, so around 4%. So you're losing three and a half or three and three quarters percent money uh, interest every year. And so, but we need some there, right, Jeff? I mean, I mean, we, we've got to be able to go to the bank and we've got to be able to pay our utility bills. So we do determine we, with each individual client how much is the right amount to have in cash. Normally, we kind of consider between two and five percent of their assets. But, you know, maybe you're saving up for a car or maybe, you know, you just sold or got an inheritance. And you don't know what to do with it. So there are exceptions to that. Um, but that's kind of the general rule. So that that's the first color, color of money. And and it has three attributes, as do all colors of money. So the three attributes are um, uh, safe and liquid are the positive attributes. And of course, the negative is lack of a return. Okay. Um, the next color of money is what we call red money. Let's think of red as risk, red danger, red stop, red be careful. Okay. And so red money is uh, money that is in some type of an investment. So you, you can heap great rewards and you can also suffer great losses. And so investments are the one thing that can go down, whereas cash, like I said, theoretically, you know, is protected. 
So red money could be stock market bonds. It could be mutual funds. It could be a variable life or variable annuities because they're in the market. It could be land. It could be precious metals. So anything, it could even be Beanie Babies, right, Jeff? I think you have a big collection of Beanie Babies, don't you? Uh Back in the nineties. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so this, those, this, this is out on the, uh, out on social media and is uh, all over the internet. So thanks for sharing that. Now the world knows. <laughs> well, you know, people want to know you better, Jeff, they want to know the real Jeff. Okay. So anyway, um, so, so that's red. So the, the attributes are red. They have two positive, just like yellow, but they're different positives. Um, Return is one of the positive attributes of red money and liquidity typically is a quality of red money. Now, land may not be liquid, but most money and investments are liquid. Okay. What's the negative attribute of red money? Well, that would be safety. It is not safe. Okay. Now, you know, some is safer than others, but if you can lose money, then it's, it lacks safety. So, um, um, and then the third color is uh, we call green money. It's kind of a hybrid between yellow and red. Uh, so green has a, a better return like red money, but its principle is protected like cash. So that's the two positive attributes, better return, principle protected. The negative on green money is it is less liquid or there can be a cost to its liquidity. Um, so think of this. Um, Jeff, do you have any idea of what the world's biggest annuity is? I would say the world's biggest annuity would be, uh, let me just take a guess and say the United States Social Security Retirement Income. You're exactly correct. Social Security rules are based on an annuity. You yep. put money in for the one day you get a guaranteed income. Okay. So kind of Social Security could fit in green although it doesn't belong to you, the asset doesn't belong to you. Um, your FERS pension or any other pension uh, fits there. It's, it's protected guaranteed income. Okay. Uh, a lot of times people don't have enough uh, guaranteed income, so we can go out and purchase a personal annuity. Um, now, let me warn people, there's only about 5% of annuities out there I would touch, but the right annuity can be a powerful way to plug income gap. So that's green money. Okay. So, so we start off by examining where people are currently when they come to see us. And so um, I'll tell you a little story here. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to play peewee football. Okay. We were like five, six, seven years old. And basically if you watch the game, it was 11 kids running after the ball carrier. Uh, that's, that was the play, right? Go after the ball, <laughs> wherever it may be. Uh, as I got older, got into middle school and then even into high school, I began learning a particular position or maybe one or two positions based on my size, my strength, my speed or whatever. I began specializing. Um, if, if somebody makes it to college, it becomes even more specialized. And then by the time, if you make it to the pros, um, I'm in the Atlanta area. Uh, I've been here all my life. And so I'm a Falcons fan, whether that's good or bad. I don't know some days, but I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. And so I asked people, I said, okay, Matt Ryan, um, I think is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And um, how often does, does Matt Ryan play offensive guard? I would say probably never. Uh, linebacker? No. Um, kick field goals? No. What does he do? He plays quarterback. And he does that every day in practice. And so he, that is his best thing, 
Okay, that's his job. That is what he practices. So I want you to think of your money that way too. Okay, so when you're in your 20s and 30s, your money's really not specialized. It's usually in one or two big buckets because you have a 401k at work or a thrift savings plan, a 403b or whatever. And so it has one job. And Jeff, what do you think that job is? That job would be to make sure that you have a stream of income. No. <laughs> in those well, years, that job, that job is to grow, right? From age 25 well, to 45. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So job now, to grow so that you can have a steady stream yes, of income later yes, in life. So yeah, but during that time partial, period. Do I get partial credit for that answer then? Uh, no, I'm not that lenient. Okay. So, well, um, I got the first one, so. You're batting 50 or 500. Okay. Um, so, so that, that, and, and, you know, most people don't really mess with it, you know, cause they got 30 years of growth to go, your company matches. And so really the goal is for that to be as large as possible. But as you start getting closer to retirement, and I'd say probably, uh, five to seven years away from what you think will be your retirement date, you need to start thinking about taking that bucket cause it's no longer peewee football. Now you're moving into high school, college and pros. So you need to start looking, and this is what we do, by the way, at dividing that money up into smaller buckets that have a specific job that is most efficient for the purpose. Maybe uh, bucket one is a green income bucket that's going to provide income in the early years. Maybe bucket two is an income bucket that's going to provide income in year from year 10 on because of inflation. Maybe bucket three is a red bucket, but it's, uh, it's for uh, short term. Uh, stuff like next year we want to buy a car or take a vacation. Maybe bucket four is a long-term growth for, for healthcare in the future. I mean, so I, I have clients that have eight, 10, I've got a couple of clients that have 14, 16 buckets. Okay. Each with a job. So we apply the colors and then we further break it down based on, you know, how is that going to actually function? Um, and what is the particular time frame? And also how is it taxed? Is it taxable? Is it tax-free? Is it tax-deferred or what? And so it does become more complicated, but the simplicity of the colors is important to know because I think it gets people to, to thinking about where they are now and where they need to be when it comes to the color of their money. So you also mentioned in this chapter, and I want to see how this ties into the, the color of money, the rule of the hundred. So can you share with the audience, um, how that, uh, as you get older, how the rule of the hundred applies and how that ties into the color of money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, now, first of all, I'm, uh, I want to say that I don't really like rules like this from a standpoint of somebody just taking off with it. You know, it's kind of like when you read these articles saying, if you're age 60, you should right. be 60% in bonds and 40, you know, that's kind of hogwash. Um, it's almost been, like a starting point, right? To get yeah, it is. Thank you. About. Okay. Uh, conceptually, this is the way it would look. But now let's get into the details of uh, what's behind all your assets and your planning. Yeah, and what and what's specific to your situation, right? right. Uh, everybody's different. Uh, so, but 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 the rule of one hundred, generally speaking, is um, you take uh, the number one hundred. You subtract your age, and I usually subtract the age of the older of the couple. So if there's somebody that's a little bit older than the other one, use that age. So let's use 60. 60 from 100 is 40. So 40 is, generally speaking, the amount of money you should have in red risk money. 
Okay. And then the other 60 is a little bit in cash and then the rest in green. And so now you've got maybe 55% of your money protected, earning good money, able to produce future income, a little bit in cash and then 40% in the market because we still need some growth. We still need to outpace inflation and other things like that. So, um, and think of it this way, you know, red money, risk money, we call that hope so money. There is no guarantee that that will be there. There is no guarantee that will grow. There is no guarantee that we won't run out. So it's hope so money, which is why we don't use it to pay bills. We use it for fun stuff, backup stuff, things like that. Green money is no so money because, you know, it's funny. My mortgage company, they won't let me skip a payment if the market's down. So I need that money. My utility company, you know, my lights will be turned off if I don't pay that bill. So that green money is half to money. We have to have that money every month. Uh, so the rule of 100 kind of helps us uh, look at that. So it is a starting point, but I certainly don't use it on an individual basis. Um, again, it, it's so many different factors that play into play. Uh, so as you get older, though, as, as you can imagine, if you're if you're 80, you probably want to start backing off a little bit more on risk uh, and maybe putting a little bit more protected. Uh, so that's uh, that's the rule of 100, Jeff. Great information. Great. So as we wrap up uh, this session today and uh, we have uh, federal employees out there that feel like I could use, I could use some, some consulting. I could use some help. How do they get a hold of you? Well, um, we have a great website um, that is found at masterplanretire.com master planretire.com, all one word, or you can search Google search master plan retirement, uh, Georgia, and we should pop up number one or two there. Um, some people still, uh, have, uh, phones. So, um, <laughs> it can always reach us at 770-980-9262. And then another little trick here that I think I've mentioned before is if you want to take out your cell phone and go to the text, go to the messaging, and text the word master plan to 21,000 and our contact information will pop up as well. So those are some good ways. And, and if you contact us, what we're going to do, Jeff, is very simple. We're going to gather some basic information from you and we're going to run some complimentary reports for you. We're going to run some reports. We're going to run the, a color of money report. In other words, where are you now? What color is your money now and how much risk are you taking that you should not be taking? We're going to run some uh, what if scenarios. Will you run out of money? Uh, will you run out of money if this happens, if inflation happens, if taxes go up, if you know, all these kinds of things to, to uh, illuminate what uh, what issues you have in retirement that need to be uh, addressed. And um, so that's all complimentary. You also receive a copy of my book, The Road Less Traveled, that we've been discussing. Um, if, if you have a FERS pension, a thrift savings plan, we're able to, by the way, if you have a thrift savings plan, most of those funds do go into the red risk bucket. Um, even the F fund, which is corporate bonds, those corporate bonds can lose money. Back about six years ago, they lost about 2%. Uh, the G fund, probably not, but if you're keeping all your money in the G fund, we need to talk for sure, because that's that's not a good place to be anyway. Um, so anyway, that's what the, that's what the folks get, um, and uh, we can typically we will conduct that meeting via uh, the internet. Um, 
uh, and uh, be able to share our screen with them and, and, and go over the reports with them. So it's really a good idea to do that just to get a checkup. Even if you have somebody you're working with, most people we find out they're working with an advisor, but not a retirement consultant and not a retirement consultant that is certified uh, in working with federal workers, which we are. We understand how your rules work. We, we know that fagley is not a disease. Um, we know that furs is not something that grows. Uh, well, I'm not going to go that far, but on the, on the back of well, your neck, how about that? Fagley can be a disease if, um, if you keep it into your 70s. No, oh, that's true. So it's going to get very cost prohibitive. Yes, so yeah, that's true. With that, so you can also catch uh, you. You can also go to Amazon and pick up Mark's book, "The Road Less Traveled: Turning Your Retirement Worries into an Excursion of a Lifetime." And a little plug for Fed Resource here uh, for federal employees: uh, go check out FedChecklist.com, www.FedChecklist.com. Twelve must-ask questions that you need to have answered as a federal employee before you're retired. There's also a, a, a workbook budget that you can download there. And if you want to post questions or you uh, you have a comment or want to book a time with Mark's team, post it on there, and we'll get all the information over to Mark. So uh, yeah, one little tip on Amazon, Jeff. If they go there, there's more than one book called The Road Less Traveled. A little tidbit. I don't know if you knew this or not. You cannot trademark the name of a book. So you could write a book and call it Gone with the Wind and it would be okay. But anyway, um, a good Yours way to find the financial road less traveled. Do what? Yours is the financial road less traveled, which makes it unique. Well, no, it doesn't have the word financial in it. It's just the road less traveled. Retirement. Yeah. Uh, but it does. I, what I was going to say is if they type in my name, Mark Fricks, F-R-I-C-K-S, it will pop up uh, first, most likely. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so what are we going to talk about next week? Yeah, that's that's my question. What do you want to talk about next week? Let's talk about chapter four. Let's don't let's don't get out of line. How about that? Yeah, um, yeah. Chapter four is about where's my paycheck because really, all of retirement planning, not all of it. I'm sorry, the money portion of retirement planning because there's also estate planning and social security planning and Medicare planning and tax planning, but the more money portion is about replacing your paycheck. And so we've got to determine, first of all, how much do you need coming in? And then how do we replace that? So we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah. And let me close on this because this is something that's coming a lot. It's coming up a lot with the employees that are reaching out to us. If you're planning on retiring, you need 12 months. And on our uh, Fed checklist site, there is a, uh, a good section that you need to review regarding um, within 12 months of retirement, the, a checklist that you need to go through, including reviewing your personnel folder to make sure it's accurate. Also, it could take three months uh, for um, OPM to calculate um, your accurate pension. Oh, so, it could take nine months. I've had, I've had clients that they yeah. get the first real check in for nine months. So. Yeah, so it gets back to what you talked about, you know, where's my paycheck? You need to be planning ahead um, over a year as to, you know, what your budget's going to be, what the income flow is going to look like, and prepare for those unanticipated uh, stretches of maybe having an estimate versus the, the actual income, and especially during this turbulent time. So I thought I'd mention as we close out because um, – you brought up a good point earlier about that uh, planning. 
And yeah. so that's another reason to get with Mark and his team a year before you're thinking about retiring. Yeah, no, and that's a great point, Jeff. And also the effect of taxes. You know, you may think you know what you want coming in net, but you got to start figuring out, well, you know, I got to take out more than that because I got to pay taxes. My, my thrift savings plan, I'm going to roll it over to an IRA and it's going to be taxable coming out. Um, my FERS is 95% taxable. Um, Social Security is up to 85% taxable. So, you know, that's not just something you just flip off the top of your head. You've got to, no. we've got some good software that helps us with that as well. So, all right. So check out uh, next week's episode to be uploaded soon. If you haven't picked up the previous sessions, um, go to YouTube or our podcast channel, go to our website and look at the previous chapters and we'll be back at it uh, next week. So thanks for your time, Mark. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for your help. I have a good week. Okay. All right. Um, this concludes our session today and we'll be back next week. Thank you.